the MCW cast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash MCW cast and for just $3 you can buy the cast a coffee or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and get several additional perks that's buymeacoffee.com slash MCW cast the story goes like this this is your friend Daryl Johnson better known as the one and only Dr. D the doctor of devastation the almanac information the original mark of excellence, and I will forever always will be a mark for MCW Pro Wrestling and the MCW cast. Stay tuned, and remember, stay Bruiser Strong. End of story. All right, we are back, and we have our special guest here, Joe Keys. Welcome to the MCW cast. Glad you could join us today. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I wonder if anybody ever said that when they're on a podcast. Everybody says, like, oh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. If anybody just sat it down and be like, no, nah, it sucks. Thanks for wasting my time, but go ahead and talk. <laughs> I bet you the first time that we have Ken Dixon <laughs> on the podcast, it probably yeah. might go a little bit like that. <laughs> I don't know. I've definitely done some uh, podcasts in the past where it's just definitely a clear waste of my time. <laughs> but it, oh, sure, it, yeah. It, it, it's... um. Somebody that just wants to talk to the wrestlers, you know what I mean? But they ask the same, like, repetitive questions, and there's, like, awkward pauses in between. And so when are you going to WWE? And then... You're like, yeah, you're yeah. smart enough. My favorite is when... <laughs> have you ever been on one where you can clearly see the podcast host is, like, reading your Wikipedia or, like, reading behind you as you're talking? They're reading, like, cagematch.com. Yeah, I, I have... Uh, sorry to cut you off. No, but, you're fine. But... For whatever reason, like my cage match or my Wikipedia says, I, w- I was trained by like DJ Hyde and Gulak. Oh my <laughs> which, god! Which was never the well. Case. I mean, not for Gulak. Well, no. well, Gulak. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep the Gulak one on there. Absolutely, but the uh, the first one that was never the case. It's just because I did Dojo Wars, and Dojo Wars um, were quick to throw our names up on IMBD or whatever. Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, smart man, smart man. And so people just quick to wrap wrap it all together that I was trained by DJ Hyde. So and and with Wikipedia, can't like anybody go in? Anybody can. I can go in and set up a, a corporal punishment Wikipedia or if you have hey, brother, one. there is one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I could edit it. Yeah, I could edit it and I mean. say you like, were the WWF champion in 82 if I wanted to. Right, now, people right. check it, you know, right. regularly when there are edits made and you can dispute them. But yeah, anybody can get on Wikipedia and make some changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll find some uh, some wrestlers in there. Mm-hmm. They don't have like really abstract Wikipedia pages for themselves. Like he wrestled like Johnny Two by Four in Tennessee in like 1995. For He's the best night. wrestler to ever step in. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It's like who is this guy? But as it is, well, things are going good for you, buddy. Like it seems, you know. Yeah, I like Start. that uh, shirt. Well, he's tight. Well, that and also I like the uh, I like that logo on there. That's a good sign of things to come and yeah. where you currently are and what you're what you're doing. But um, and we'll definitely get to that. Oh yes, we definitely want to hear a lot about what you're doing there. But um, you know, I'd, I'd like our fans to know a little bit about Joe Keys before you came to MCW. You know, what what brought you in? Right. Um, you know, were you a lifelong fan? Has you know, how'd so, you get here? I'm probably one of few people I know. That didn't get into wrestling until I was like a teenager. So I didn't start watching wrestling until 2007, 2008. By that time, I was 13, 14 already. And I didn't watch WWE. I watched TNA at first. And the one 
wrestler. I remember the segment that drew my attention, like maybe put down the remote and like I, I need to watch whatever's about to happen, was Awesome Kong. Like Awesome Kong was my first favorite wrestler ever. And it's because she just beat the piss out of like the beautiful people. And I thought this was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like some large black woman beating up a bunch of like blonde bimbos and whatnot. Yeah. This is, like I'm going to stop what I'm doing and hope that this continues. And then when that segment was done, I remember it was like the Motor City Machine Guns and LAX or something. Like, whoa, hold on. What is it? What? Yeah. Throwing this away. What is this? I watched that. And then Angle came out when he was just new and him and Samoa Joe are just beating the piss out of each other. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I thought this was like, this is not WWE. I'm going to watch this again next week. Yeah. And there was Awesome Kong again beating the hell out of the beautiful people and the Kurt Angle again. And I just I just got hooked after that. And then I expanded more into WWE mm-hmm. at the time. And I think the big thing going on right there was like Edge and Undertaker, like Orton and Cena was just picking up. Or Cena just came back from the Rumble. Right. And I didn't know any. I knew what John Cena was, but I didn't understand what John Cena was. Right. And I just started... I got hooked and I got hooked hard. Um, but this was before like internet viewership was a big thing. So I just had to watch. I remember the weekly schedule. I had to watch Raw on Monday, the WWE ECW offshoot on Tuesday. And then there was a superstars on Thursday and TNA was on Thursday and then SmackDown on Friday. And I was, that was my schedule. I was hooked mm-hmm. to that. And it was weird because I'm 14 at the time and like trying to tell my friends, like, you guys know about this stuff? I'm like, yeah, this stuff's stupid. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> right. I'm going to watch it by myself now. <laughs> well, that's awesome that um, it was Impact. It was kind of TNA that, that yeah. hooked you and not WWE. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I remember um, we, me, Rob, Ken, and McBride went and did the AW actual work for a full gear when they were here in Baltimore, like 2019, I walk around and see all the names. Like, there's Omega, Mox, and cool, 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 cool. And I saw some Kong there, and I was like, oh, it's her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's her. Like, I'm marking out over here. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm with Sonny Kiss at the time, and Sonny's like, well, what's wrong with you? I'm like, Awesome Kong was my first favorite wrestler, and I'm not over it. <laughs> and Sonny's like, you want to go meet her? I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Did you meet her? No, I didn't. I, oh my I gosh, Joe! I, 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 I marked out too hard, <laughs> and she's no longer. She's she didn't last too much longer with them after that. That was your yeah, shot. Right. That was that was my shot. Yeah. And like I, I've been in the, the ring of honor locker room with Angelina and Velvet. I was like, yeah, yeah, you got beat up by Awesome Kong. Yeah, the first time I laid my eyes on Awesome Kong was like, <laughs> that 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 never goes away. I mean, <clears throat> I was in my mid forties when. I brought Sting in, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and uh, as I, I like, he's. I was like thinking, man, I could probably slip out there and schoolboy him, <laughs> and get a win while, while he's talking. I wonder how. I just paid him a lot of money yeah. to sign autographs, but I wonder if I just slipped out there and pulled a quick one on him, like if he'd be pissed. I didn't, obviously. <laughs> obviously, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like so. So. That, was, that was probably like the first like starstruck moment I really had. I mean, it happened two years ago. Wow. Say, um, well, maybe Kong is listening to the MCW cast. If you are awesome, Kong, here's your number yes. one fan. You gave him <laughs> butterflies in 2019. Yeah, I totally ran away from introducing Aww. myself. Um, but from there, they went through high school, and again, like, 
people grow people tend to grow out of wrestling, I guess, when they're in high school. And UFC was the thing, and I I didn't care. I liked what I liked. I was going to watch it. It yeah. was still it was still new to me, and it still kept that um, still kept the same effect that it did on me as mm-hmm. it would uh, to kids when they were younger. Um, I got to I went to college and it kind of dipped a bit because of different interests and different whatnot. But I remember there was there was a show in Baltimore. It was a May. May 2014, and I went. It may have been just like a live event. And I got a flyer, and it said, like, come meet Matt Hardy at 1000 Joppa Farm <laughs> Road or something like that. Look into the new school. And I'm like, what? This is a flea market. Okay, that's near my parents' place. I'm going to go visit. And that was... Was that the... O- did that we do was, an open house? That was the open yeah. house. Yeah. Is that what we did when we came yeah. back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I heard... That's how I heard was the flyer, the flyer out of right. the, uh, the Royal Farmery. It may have been a First Mariner at the time still. That's right. It went under uh, a lot of different names. Yeah. And I remember us there was like 30, 40 other people. And there was Lionel and Patrick. And mm-hmm. like Ken was in the ring. And Jesse Kay was in the ring. And I think the Punk Rock All-Stars were there. And like you had gotten up and you started giving the rundown. And Pat Brink started giving the rundown of what it was going to be and whatnot. And I'm sitting there. And I'm just like contemplating life over. I'm like. Do I really want to do this? Like, am I going? Am I stupid for being for wanting to do this? Like, what are my parents going to think? What are my friends going to think? Um, but I knew I didn't want to be the age I am now. I'm 28 now. I was 21 back then. I didn't want to be the age I am now and decide mm-hmm. that. Oh, maybe I should have done that. Maybe yeah. I should have seen and then have that all that that regret. Those seven years went by without. Stepping forward and doing it, so I signed up. I signed up for uh, for the June class. I said, "Screw it, I'm just going to start right away. I'm not going to push it off until July." And that's how I started here, uh, June third, twenty fourteen. You always so, remember your dates. So, so interesting. <clears throat> this brings up another question because um, obviously I've been doing this for a long time. I opened up Bone Breakers back in ninety seven, and you know we have a pretty good legacy of of people that have made it. You know, from Lita, the Mickey James, and Orlando Jordan's going all the way back, um, but we never had it. We never had a group or class quite like that class you signed up on. And more and more as time goes on, is really going to kind of be. It's becoming to me like a legendary class mm-hmm. because, um, you know, obviously right off the bat, like pretty quickly, um, in that in that first class right. of the MCW of Bone Breakers or the MCW Training Center version 2, when we opened it back up, you had Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream, Leo Rush, um, Jesse Kay, who's Jessica Carr. Mm-hmm. She had been around a little bit, but right. she was really, really kind of training hard at that class. Ken Dixon had been around for a second, but he has, and like, all, and like so obviously Jessica Carr is the, you know, NXT referee, um, you yourself are she having was, your your huh? Smackdown. Smackdown. what did I say? You said NXT, but she's SmackDown. NXT. NXT. Yeah. yeah, well, she was yeah. NXT, but she's now SmackDown. You, yeah, she's she's amazing. Um, so, and then you are kind of now you and Ken both are kind of getting your breakthrough in Ring of Honor. Um, you just had you know we're on on television. And you're getting featured, so it's it's interesting that more and more like man from that first class, all these guys, some uh, you know pop you know. A little bit quicker think you know but that class is becoming kind of legendary uh that first class back and you were part of that like it's it's interesting you know we never had a group of so many i mean obviously 
hundreds of people have trained and come through. Many yeah. don't make it through. Some mm -hmm. some make it further than others in training, but never had a group where like from that class, like so many guys are starting to guys and girls are becoming like break, breaking through yeah. and getting names for themselves. So, you know, props to you guys. Was was it a little bit of pressure? Because um, you, especially looking at you, like the last couple of years, you've really gotten gotten serious. And not right. not that you weren't serious back then, but I feel like watching you from the outside, like your motivation has increased twenty fold in like the last two years, three years. Right. Um, did you? Was there like pressure on you, like seeing like Leo and Patrick kind of? go right away and then even Jessica got signed by NXT and was there a little pressure on you? There was there was always that pressure. Not not so much for Jessica because she she moved to Florida about right. three a few months after I started with her. Um, but when I started it was always like Patrick and Leo were like the gold standard. Like these guys are incredible and there's prod they're prodigies and whatnot. And they were always like showered with the praise and well, this isn't sour grapes. They are. They're fantastic athletes. They're fantastic wrestlers. Um, but Pat Brink would always tell us it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I feel like me and Ken Dixon and Dante, who came along later, we were definitely on the marathon portion. Right. And it seemed like those guys were just sprinting. Um, and it's not with the means to the end, so to say. Because um, they got, well, they got to where they are now. And they were just athletically blessed more, say, than I was, than Dixon was. They also got their opportunities, and they killed it. Like, I got my opportunity later. I got my opportunity just a few months ago with Gresham. That was my opportunity. Leo got his way earlier, and he killed it, and he didn't look back. Um, I was always told everybody kind of gets one of those opportunities, and you know when it happens, and you just have to be ready for it when it does, because you might not always get a second. Um, and like talking with this legendary class, everybody that's getting their opportunity at different phases along the line, they're, they're crushing it and we're not looking back. And there's always that pressure now. There's always right. that pressure because now the eyes are on you. So maybe pressure wasn't a good word, but motivated, kept you motivated. Motivated, absolutely. Um, and there's something to point out too. I think to point out, like there's two different things that happen with people in their careers and, and, um, like they, Leo and Patrick, um, they did, they did get opportunities say earlier, but they also spent the next couple of years, like still finding themselves yeah. in the ring. Mm -hmm. So like, I think they got opportunities before they found themselves. Right. And I think the reverse is opposite for you. Like I've noticed in the last year and a half, two years, mm -hmm. like I can tell from a promoter and trainer and all that's been around, I can tell like. Joe Keys knows who Joe Keys is in the ring now, and and you didn't no. eight years ago. So like you're getting your opportunity, I think, at a different time, but maybe a better time because you're more. I think as a you know sitting looking at the outside, more seasoned, and you have a better understanding of who you are in the ring. Yeah, more um, mentally mature, so to say. Like yeah, twenty two year old Joe. If he was sitting here looking at twenty eight year old Joe, that he is now, he would not believe that this is the human being I would come out to be. He wouldn't believe that, oh, you just wrestled for the pure title on Ring of Honor television against arguably the best technical wrestler on the planet today. Um, that that just wasn't like the phantom of Right. The short scope of things. Um, like me, definitely when I first started, I 
the lack of confidence was there. And that's, I think that was the big turning point for me is when I got that confidence to be able to carry myself on my own. Um, but until I got that point, like I found myself, like I needed to rely on Rob and Ken's presence all the time because I was terrified to do anything as a singles wrestler. Yeah. I, I absolutely was terrified. And I definitely personally credit those guys just by being there, just by being the dicks in line for helping me develop as an like mature as an adult because I was always young, young 20s and they, they were in their 30s. Not to say anything about their age, but they they were mature grown men. I was right. still like finding myself as a human being. Yeah. Well, that that was the thing I wanted to bring up next, actually, Joe, was how did that um, grouping mm-hmm. of the three of you and joining the Dixon line, like right. how did that transpire for some of our fans, maybe our newer fans who don't know the origins right. of that? Um, how did that transpire? How did you wind up working together and lead us through that, if you can? Um. So when I first started, Ken was just breaking onto the show, and he was McBride's personal security. And McBride was looking to expand his sort of uh, faction, his cult, so to say. He's like, "All right, well, who do we, who do we got coming up? Because I don't want, I don't want guys that have been here already and just kind of get washed over. I want new guys who I can like bring up." And Rob and I, I guess, were top of the class at that point, which wasn't saying much because there was like six people in the class. <laughs> um, so it was like me, Ken, Rob, Patrick, Leo, Renee was there, but Renee wasn't going to fit that part. Like John Cochran. That's right. So that's another one from that first class. She was training with this Renee Michelle. I forgot to mention, you know, another one yet. It just adds to people that went on from that class. To mm-hmm. kind of that's something people maybe also don't know is that our students serve as security at yeah. the live events, which mm-hmm. kind of plays into this role because right. you actually were legitimately security working security. We, we had to. Hold back some rowdy fans on two occasions. I remember that. Uh, somebody decided it would be a great idea to throw a water bottle at Justin Schlegel's face. And it hit him upside the head. And that's why I had that eye patch there for the better part of two years. Um, so, I, I don't know. Rob and I yoked that guy up and threw him out. So, maybe that was the inspiration for it during the segment. Um, but, yeah, Rob and I just kind of got thrown together uh, from the start to be with McBride and we were Dixon's line security, mm-hmm. and then it just turned to Dixon line security. Um, and you know, Rob was Rob's always been such a exuberant personality. Like I, I, I can't do what that guy does. He just <laughs> you balanced each other really well, though. Yeah, it worked. And a lot of times, that makes a good team and mm-hmm. a good pairing. When mm-hmm. you know what I mean, yep. if you have two of the same identical person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't always work. A lot of times, that's that different personality. Right. Uh, different is what mm-hmm. kind of. So I've always been kind of not really introvert, but quiet to myself. And Rob's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And in something like wrestling, you need to be more outspoken, larger you need to be larger. Life. And I, I credit a lot of that to Rob for pulling that out of me. Otherwise, I would just be like small shelled, like oh crap, people are looking at me without my shirt on, pale Joe Keys. <laughs> um, so the early part of my career, like I definitely, I needed, I needed the Dixon line for myself. Otherwise, I, I would have sank like hard. Um, and just outside of wrestling, like Rob and Ken helped me develop as a human being, as a person, like find myself, find my confidence, willing to speak up for myself and whatnot. Because I was always just like a quiet, twenty-one, twenty-two year old kid. And Rob pulled me aside and said, "Hey, you know you're not a kid anymore." 
you're like big and you're 25 <laughs> and you're kind of loud and intimidating. So like, stop looking at yourself like you're 21 again. And then he slapped me or something like that. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like, yeah, sounds like the bruiser is what it sounds like, honestly. Because RJ, yeah, when RJ first started coming around, like, I'm just going to hide from this human being as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> you heard the rumors, yeah. No, I didn't hear the rumors. I experienced <laughs> Right. So, like, but those those were the guys I, I traveled on the road with. And Leo was with us for a little while, but Leo was his own person. Leo. Yeah. Leo had no problem speaking up for himself, which got him into some trouble. But I, I admire that quality, that characteristic in him. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I um and you know, you hear these like stories and uh of backstage stories about guys and, mm-hmm. and um that's um you, you know there's this there's there's like the one side where you're told like shut up and be quiet and some people right. do that. But um one of the things that that got me to liken them right away right from the beginning is because they were they ignored pat and rj and dean when they said don't talk to dan you know what i mean like that's still the I, rule today I, yeah <laughs> i know but they they just didn't listen like and i remember they i can't even remember how they got my number but they would text me you know like late at night and i was like all right these kids got balls because i know they're telling them like leave dan alone but mm-hmm. they're just like and they text me like hey you were at the school what did you think yeah. You know what I mean? And they'd ask me questions or like, can you talk for a minute? It'd be like, no, 1230 <laughs> on like a Wednesday. Right. You know what That's I mean? Funny. And I'm like, I got to at that time, you know, my daughter's like three or four. And I'm like, and I call, I'd say, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess yeah. it'd be like pissed, but I'm like, no, what do you guys want to talk about? And then they'd, you know, well, we were watching this match on Raw and I'd be like, uh, all right these guys got balls like yeah so like I, I admired that about them and it made me kind of take a liking to them like early when it was that when you guys were all young and and, and you know and, and new like so that confidence and kind of having that I, I think it's I think it's a double-edged sword you know what I mean yeah. um and I think you have to kind of use your best judgment I guess like and you know uh, when Leo got in WWE, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, maybe he, he pushed it too much with the wrong people, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's also that also, you know, at the right right time can kind of make you stand out too. like, you know, and, and made, it made me take a liking to them definitely a little bit earlier. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. these kids, they got balls and mm-hmm. I'll talk to them. And then and they were. And, and like you said, that confidence is probably a good word because. I could see that when I look back at you to when you started. That's that's a great description of I can you're incredibly confident now and you I could definitely like looking back at you there say, yeah, that that yeah. confidence issue was probably probably was an issue at first. But mm-hmm. you know, now you know, like again, it goes back to like you finding yourself and saying, I, I really think I look at you and I can say, Yeah, this kid knows he knows who he is now. You know, he yeah. knows who he is. I mean, you you'll hear um people talk all the time about how you have to have the butterflies in your stomach and whatnot. There's some stupid quote that goes around. I don't know who said it, but somebody said, if you don't have butterflies in your stomach anymore, you need to get out. I, I don't get the butterflies anymore. That's when I knew like, I'd be good going forward. Um, and even before my match with Gresham, or even before like the Game Changer debut, and these are big stages for wrestlers in 2020, 2021. I was calm. I wasn't nervous at all. Um, I knew I was going to go in there and it was going to be good. Anything was going to go astray. I knew we were going to fix it. We were going to go right back on point. And it was still going to be good. Uh, 
2014, 2015, 2016, Joe, like standing behind the curtain before an MCW crowd, even if it's like 150 people, I'm freaking out. Yeah. It's my mind, like, Rob, where are you? I need, I need you right now. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do a Shamrock Cup entrance by myself. Like, there's 1,200 people out there. I'm absolutely terrified. I don't know what to do. Well, you mentioned that you you needed mm -hmm. that unit to yeah. be able to get to the point where you could mm -hmm. go out there as a singles competitor, and that's really where you found a tremendous amount of success in MCW. Yeah. You know, you had the you know uh, MCW Rage TV champion. You had the Best of Five series with Joe Gacy, mm -hmm. um, Shamrock Cup winner, of mm -hmm. course. You know, mm -hmm. so you had you did go on to great success right. here as a singles competitor, and I think mm -hmm. it's interesting that you pointed out that you had to be together before you could go solo yeah and even even starting with the dixon line there was a short period where i was a singles wrestler for maybe like three months mm -hmm. and then i tagged up with dante and then i was with dante for the better part of the year and through there i was just able to build my confidence as an actual wrestler itself not just getting attuned to being in front of like a live audience and whatnot and that's where i first started when you were teaming with dante is yeah. for me from standing in the back mm -hmm. um looking on that's where, I, not just you, but Dante, that's where I started to notice both you guys are really getting confident in who yeah. they are and they're figuring out who they are. So for me, that at that point in your career, when you and Dante, you guys got together, that's when I started noticing like, yeah, both of these guys, they're really figuring it out. Yeah. I loved so. it. I thought that was, it was, it was great. It was a great, you had great chemistry <laughs> together. I loved the Miami Vice Jesus. vibe that you were giving off. Like, I thought it was great. Like. It was it was a it was a really good pairing. Yeah, the mustache was great from like mm -hmm. curtain to curtain, but then the rest of my life outside of the <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. there's lots of people who have to live the gimmick twenty four seven, you know, physical appearance, you know. You, yeah. That's kind of the commitment that you make. Um, I wanna go back for just a second, Joe. You had mentioned, you know, when you first became a wrestling fan. Right. And, you know, you brought it up to your friends and they're like, Yeah, we know. Mm -hmm. Now when you decided to become that wrestler right. did you have the support what was the reaction how did you oh, i hit it from people you did i hit it from everyone uh i hit it from my parents for the better part of two years and they didn't like in the state of maryland you had the athletic commission and mm -hmm. you have to get licensed and the license mm -hmm. gets sent to your house i had my sister like scope out the mail <laughs> and if something came from maryland state the athletic commission like you need to snag that and grab it before like one of our mom not one of our mom or dad our mom or right dad sees it um and i didn't get busted until one of my mom's co-workers went to the events with her kids oh and he ran into <laughs> us that monday it was like your kid was great and she's like what yeah yeah that had to be i'd never heard that story what are you talking about adam it's like at, at the, the wrestling the, the joppa and the mcw show like, your mom hey, must have just been like what so like and the pressure from me, why I never told them is because I grew up in a household where like academia was held at such a high standard. And so my dad's a college professor and my mom's state prosecutor, now judge. Oh, wow. So my academics and going to college and getting a good job was held at such a high standard. And then there's pro wrestling. Sorry. Then there's pro wrestling. And pro wrestling is what I needed to do. But I understand at the same point, it's kind of like. I don't know how to explain this to my parents, so I'm just going to hide it as best as I can and, you know, make up every story that comes along. So how, how shocked, I'm interested in, how, how shocked was your mom? 
So she didn't. Um, she didn't tell me right away. She just went. Who's to now the, a judge? He's a she's judge. She's now a sitting judge in Harvard County. Right. Um, she just went to the next event, and she went to the website and she found the next event when it was in Joppa, and she went without telling you. Without telling. <laughs> you. Oh really? Oh so, oh, and that's even funnier. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Again, I already uh, have like confidence <laughs> issues, and I'm just getting used to being oh, on yeah. the band and whatnot. And there's McBride music, and then here comes Ryan, here comes Ken, there's Justin with the cape and the eye patch, mm -hmm. and then there's me and Rob, and I'm looking around, and I just see the most pissed off set of eyes staring. At oh, me. that's how you found out that she oh. knew. <laughs> and Rob's like, "What the hell's the matter?" He's like, "My mom's here." He's oh. like, like, "Cool, my mom doesn't go anyway." So, like, <laughs> yeah. so your sister. Wrestling fan? Was she a wrestling fan before you got into the business? She was. Um, she started watching wrestling about the same time that okay. I did, and she watched it because I watched it. Yeah. Um, okay. She likes it for different reasons. She likes the the pomp and circumstance and the celebrity status and whatnot. I don't think she actually cares about the physicality. Um, but she would come to the events. Mm -hmm. She would come to the events uh, so she could meet like Kelly Kelly and whoever we would bring. Right. People she knew from television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she would. She would just shut up about it. Well, she was at WrestleMania because uh, mm -hmm. she sat with us uh, at NXT TakeOver before WrestleMania back in 2017. She sat, I had an extra seat. I had an extra ticket. That was how I knew she was a wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she sat with us. Mm -hmm. So she, um, she would go to all the events, and I guess my mom was smarter than I thought and said, I'm not going to tell Joe's sister. I'm not going to tell Julia that I'm going she, to this. So She didn't tell anybody. <laughs> she just went. She, on a Saturday night, got her stuff, went to 1000 Joppa Farm Road and... Bought a ticket. And what came. the hell is this? And there was her uh, supposed-to-be doctor son uh, wrestling <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with wow. the kingdom. In yeah. your in the ring in front of a 1,000 people with your shirt yeah, off, bouncing around. Saying, people were, like, saying derogative comments and whatnot, and there she is just soaking up the atmosphere. Like, okay, I've definitely, like... Paroled some of these people in here. I, <laughs> 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 I, I failed as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she just like didn't talk to me for a few months. Really? Uh, well, I guess that was her way of coping without like chewing my head off, like accepting, okay, this is what my kid wants to do, and just kind of slowly coming around to it, slowly come around to it. And then she slowly started coming around more to it. And then one day, just randomly, I came to visit, and she would ask, like, how so? You got a job yet? You know, you thought about graduate school yet? Okay. And then just randomly out of nowhere, this this popped me huge. She said, I hate Brandon Scott, by the way. <laughs> no, uh, did she really? What? <laughs> like, what? I think so now I, she's following the story. Yeah, now, now she's, like, dropping yeah. names and whatnot. She's like, I hate Brandon Scott. I like Ken Dixon. I hate Brandon Scott. <laughs> like, that was her way, I guess, of slowly opening up. Yeah. And yeah. now she comes to every event. Like, after she... um. After she won election for judgeship here in the county, she had a longer line of people to meet her than I did at my gimmick table. Wait, <laughs> right. Yeah. You sound a little bitter about that, Joe. Oh, at one of our shows? Yeah, I'm out there trying to sell a merchandise and whatnot. More people were coming up to congratulate Judge Joe's mom. Oh, really? They could care about Yeah, me. well, you said she probably paroled a lot of those people. They probably felt like they needed to come she up and be like, oh, thank you, really? I love your son. I love your son. Like, here's a case file number. Yeah. 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 I love your son. And by the way, thanks for getting me off of those charges. Yeah. You know? So, she slowly came around to it, and now it's the first thing she brags about to people. But now she brags about it less because she uh, 
she finds her coworkers Google searching me and doesn't like the way that they're looking at some of the pictures. <laughs> right, I'm right, sure right. They, I'm sure they like what they see. I got to tell you, Joe, that sounds like it's a, a 80s sitcom hey. episode of yeah. like, you know, the mom... Joe's wrestling, you that, know? That whole scenario is great. Like, it really I never, is. never knew any of that. Like, that's, that's just so funny she, to me that that's how she found out. Yeah, she, um, I grew up, like, terrified of her because she was always in a setting where, like, got to break, uh, break the glass ceiling for women. Mm. So she never really, um, she was never really easy on the guys, especially me being, like, her son and whatnot. She was, like, tough love for me not yeah. so much with my sister but um so i guess i kind of had a little fear of upsetting her and just yeah even at 23 years of age seeing her giving me the deaths there from while you were in back. the ring right and while i was walking the ramp was enough to like pull me back to six years old like yeah oh shit. <laughs> yeah. i can't get tagged in <laughs> yeah i can't do any of this Wow, that's uh well you mentioned um you know not having the butterflies before GCW and some other great opportunities that you've had. I want to ask you more about that, but I think we got to pause for a little bit of station identification here and we'll be right back with our our special guest, Joe Keys. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the MCW Cast. At MCW Pro Wrestling, much like many small businesses throughout the country, the pandemic has presented many challenges. For a company like ours that hosts events with live audiences, the impact has been even more severe, and all of our forms of revenue have been cut off. In order to continue to engage with our fans on a regular basis, we made the decision to begin to produce the MCW cast and are providing it for absolutely no cost on Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you'd like to support us during these challenging times, you can do so in several ways. The most popular way is to buy us a coffee to help fuel the cast. Just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast and for just three dollars you can buy the cast a coffee or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just five dollars a month and receive several special perks that's buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast you can also contribute directly on cash app mcw wrestling or on venmo mcw wrestling you can also show your support for the mcw cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com backslash stores backslash mcw cast to pick up a full line of official mcw cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts also don't forget to comment in the threads on facebook youtube and twitch to get your questions answered on a future episode and you can also send us a tweet using the hashtag AskMCWCast. thank you for your support and now back to the show all right, we are back here at the MCW cast with Joe Keys, our guest, and Larry and Dan. Glad to have you here today. Now, Joe, before the break, you were leading us through your journey here right. in, to MCW. And uh, Dan, you had mentioned Joe enjoying some success now and getting a push out there. And I want to talk a little bit about um, your path on the independent circuit. Okay. Um, you know, where are some places you've worked? Where are some places you'd still like to work? Mm-hmm. Favorite places? That kind of thing. Right. Um, so I guess the next the next leg of my career starting MCW, Rob and I and some of the other guys, uh, the younger guys at the time, would head up to CCW on Wednesday to do the Dojo Wars. And Leo had told us, like, that's how, that's how he got noticed by DJ, because he would go up. And I remember when he was staying with me, 
in my uh, Towson apartment, him and Patrick would go up there on a Wednesday and come back, and Patrick would be all pissed off because DJ Hyde gives like some <laughs> crappy advice or whatnot. And Patrick would rant and probably call you at twelve thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. He'd, <laughs> yeah. call, he'd call RJ too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> RJ RJ eventually told him to stop calling, yes. <laughs> and so then they went to you. Yeah. Um, but I went up there with Leo once, and. I was just, I was still new. I was like less than a year in. I was just grossly unprepared. I didn't know what I was getting into. Like this is actual wrestlers outside of the MCW bubble. Mm -hmm. And DJ just verbally brutalized me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not coming back here for a while at least. And then um, probably another year I went back there when I had more experience underneath me and I could like confidently hold myself. But this time I had like my, I had my crutch, my safety crutch. I had Rob with me. And Rob doesn't care about anything. Uh, Rob just does this for fun. And he thinks the whole, like, walking along in eggshells in the locker room is just hysterical to him. So he would, like, go up to Drew Gulak and just start messing with Drew right off the bat. And if anybody knows Drew in a personal sense, he's really, like, serious and intimidating. And Rob just went up to him and just started messing with him. So Drew came back after, like, two matches in. He's, like, loud and huffy. He's like, if anybody uses a chin lock again... You're not allowed back here. And Rob just jumps up in front of like 40 people. Like, well, Drew, that's my finisher, man. What am I supposed to do? I don't know anything else. Like, everyone got quiet and staring at Rob. And Rob's standing there with that goofy look on his face. Like, (laughs) right. (laughs) And Drew just kind of walks out. And when we were doing the Dojo Wars, it was pretty much the size of this back area. Like, the locker room. I remember, yep. The locker room had probably 30 to 40 dudes in an area smaller than this studio. Um. And, of course, people would just get loud, rowdy, and talk, and Drew would kick the door back in. And he's like, I need everyone to shut the hell up. We're trying to film out there. And everyone gets quiet. And here's Rob popping up. It's like, well, aren't wrestlers like birds? If you just turn the lights off, they all go to sleep. And everyone, <laughs> everyone again gets quiet. And there's Rob like. <laughs> and then Drew just shuts the door and leaves. And then Rob follows him. And he's like, wait, I need to answer to that. But he didn't realize the door that he opens up. It just opens up to where they were filming. So there's some segment out there where during, I don't know, some Kid Osborne match or whatnot, Rob yeah. just burst out the door. I need an answer to that. I can totally Ooh, see walks back doing the door. Well, it's something real quick before we get, you know, get off of this real quick. You mentioned um, that that DJ just verbally abused you or was brutally, you know, verbal towards you. And earlier you had mentioned that your Wikipedia says that you were trained by DJ Hyde and Drew Gulak. And I kind of groaned uh, when you said that. Uh, but but go back to that. What, what, what exactly would, would DJ do to you? Do you remember? Is it even... I can remember bullet points because getting talked at by DJ was like usually an hour affair. And me being new and didn't want to piss anybody off, I would just sit there and, uh-huh. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, okay, you're right. But that would last for like 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bullet points that I remember is you look at the ceiling. Whenever you do a DJ Hyde impression, you got to do the eyes. So it's... I mean, you could be good. I wouldn't know. You train at MCW. Oh my gosh. But if you came here, I can make you great. That's just on you. I mean, I know Danny and RJ. And Dean, personally, I've known him for years. And I can they can only get you so far. But me, I can get you anywhere. I can call Terry Taylor right now and have you a trial tomorrow. And, 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 and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. 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 All the time. And, like, 
He's the he's the new age Barry Horowitz. He like <laughs> patting himself on. Oh, that. absolutely! But you're yeah. spot on with the looking at the ceiling. Yeah. You're you're spot on with that. Yeah, I just I just wanted to <laughs> kind of give a little context because when you said that earlier, I kind of groaned because I heard a couple of other people that have DJ is like you know their trainer. If you if you follow their you know, but we've got you on the cast right. so you can address it and we know you know where you really came from. Yeah, so I, I did the Dojo Wars for about a year, um, and that's where the online sites get the DJ High training. DJ High never trained me. Um, I trained a little bit under Drew Gulak, but it wasn't at CCW uh, because shortly after Rob and I started the Dojo Wars, I believe it was uh, Kimberly because we were with, with her, McBride, and the, the Kings of Maryland. That's right. She, right. She was the grand champion at Chikara, and she told Rob and I, like, Quack is looking for a tag team. I think you guys should try out. So Rob and I tried out. And at first, Rob and I didn't make it because Quack had in mind, like, an idea for, like, some spooky gimmick or whatnot. But Rob and I just went up there, and Rob was his crazy personality, and I did all the wrestling. But everybody else was just trying to do, like, stupid moves and something to impress Quackenbush. Or, like, his type of – because yeah. I've, always, I've always admired what Mike did with Chikara. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of you have a lot of your hardcore wrestling and you right. know, people are like, oh, it's like comic book. But he, he has a niche, man. He mm-hmm. created a really unique niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a promoter, I've always admired Mike for that. Yeah. Like he takes a lot of flack mm-hmm. um, from some people that just that's not their thing. Right. But um, he created a very neat niche. And, I, and I, from a from a, a promoter, creator I always admired that about what he right. did. It was something, so it was definitely like a unique, like yeah. you said, you're kind of like cartoonish and mm-hmm. very much like comic bookish. He, like he's, his genre, I guess the way he would describe Ch- Chikara is a comic book brought to life. Right. Um, but nonetheless, as a wrestler trying to gain experience. Absolutely. He has, yeah. MCW bubble. Absolutely. He was, you know, Chikara was very well known. It mm-hmm. was, you know, there was a lot of people that came from there. I, I, when I say what I'm saying, it's not in a negative way at all. Right. It's in a very um, admirable way that yeah. I, I admired it and liked it. So I don't, I, I, what I'm saying, it shouldn't be taken as me downing. I'm saying no. it is very much like I, from the outside, it was like, man, it's really, I admired what he did from a, a promoter myself and was like, I always thought what he created, it was different. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was a different. I, I always I always will think that Mike Quackenbush was a fantastic asset to independent wrestling and independent wrestlers. Um, anybody that's got an opportunity to train under him or learn from him, he's, he's a gold mind in his own, in his own mindset. Mm-hmm. His own asset. Yeah. Um, and Rob and I were lucky enough to learn under him for a better part of two years. And with Drew Gulak at the mm-hmm. same time before he got signed to uh, to NXT, um, and training training with Mike, it wasn't just it was lucha stuff for the most part, but um, it was just different ways of telling a story, different ways of putting a match together, and it really opened my mind up to like oh, there's different ways to put on a wrestling event. Or a wrestling match outside of what we've always done here, right? Um, and just having that that realm that uh, that experience like made me a more well rounded performer, more well rounded wrestler. I got to wrestle people that were better than me. I got to wrestle Drew Gulak on training practices for like thirty minutes at a time. I was like, wow, this guy is incredible. Like I 
not even wrestling him. He's wrestling himself using me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then I wrestle Quack and it'd be the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Jesus, these, this is the standard to get to. Like, this is something to live up to. Um, and that's when it hit me. Like, I need more experience than what Dean and RJ can provide. Mm-hmm. I, I think in their own mindset that Dean and RJ are fantastic wrestlers and great mindsets, but they only had, they can only know so much. Right. Well, and it's just, it's, it's also something and that's why I've always, <clears throat> to me, I've always like our, what we've done is always worked um, for people. And we have, you know, our own legacy of people we've helped, but that's, I always stayed with that traditional style because essentially we're more right. like a traditional style on traditional teaching psychology and basics because I think to be well-rounded, you need to get those different styles like the Chikara style and yeah. figure it out and, you know, pro wrestling gorilla and CCW, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, that has, you know, a more, but you can, if you're a hungry to me, I've always seen it as, and, and I don't think it's ever not worked out. Like if you're a hungry performer that wants to get, you know, there's, there's people, students that come in and there's some students that I've, and it's always been this way. And I'm like, look, you're either, some people you're going to sign up, you're going to learn to wrestle and you're going to be someone that's comfortable, um, just being an independent wrestler. Right. What I've always said to you guys, I always say you either, or you, or you want to wrestle at WrestleMania. Right. Obviously I always want the people that want to wrestle at WrestleMania. Mm. Um, or New Japan, or you know, they want the big stage. Right. So, like, if you're gonna go get that other seasoning and those other styles, if you're that, if you're hungry and you want that, like you did, like Leo did, and like most people that have gone on to the, you know, and and, and gone on to really advance their careers, you chase those other styles. Right. Yeah. Know? Essentially, there's almost like a, a blueprint. There's right. almost a blueprint to this game to get yeah, to the to point. Get, to get to that point. Yeah. And, and and one of them in that rungs of that ladder is getting out to these other indies that have that exposure, the beyond wrestling, mm-hmm. the pro wrestling gorillas, the Chikaras, the CCWs, mm-hmm. and getting and learning those styles and getting in and getting over with those promotions. And that's right. the blueprint. Yeah. Learning the personalities learning, like, yeah, the you program. know, the, the other people in the locker room, the right. veterans that maybe you right. didn't know, you know, this veteran didn't want you sitting, you know, near their stuff or something, those experiences. So, you know, when we're talking about your, your, your journey, your blueprint, Fundamentals MCW, mm-hmm. branched out and did a little Dojo Wars action with CZW, right. started training with Quackenbush and Gulak and Chikara. Mm-hmm. What was next for Joe Keys after you, you got those legs of the journey under your uh, feet? So after about two years at Chikara, there came to a point, because ultimately Quackenbush has a school to run. So he's advancing students all the time. And it got to the point where I wasn't learning anything new there. Mm-hmm. And there were new students that were moving up that were, they had to relearn everything that I had relearned. And so I wasn't going to learn anything new anymore. I was just going up there and getting beat up by their new clumsy kids. Mm-hmm. And right around that time, luckily for me, is when Joey showed up around here and now there was like a whole new mindset to wrestling right that just kind of blew me away like, joey matthews yeah joey matthews, <laughs> matthews. Okay. matthews. mercury mercury yeah yes, yes. and you can learn you can learn all the moves all the fundamentals of what but like how to put it together how to put a wrestling show together um joey had it perfected yeah and i didn't really start grasping 
professional wrestling until I was under his tutelage for the better part of, uh, I'd say, two years. Like, not just here at MCW. And I was with Joey on, on the... Right. He Well, Joey, you know, yeah. Joey took a liking to a couple people, mm -hmm. um, really took a liking to, and, and the first two guys that, you know... I mean, he, he didn't want us to tell you then, but like you and right. Dante, like he wanted you, he wanted us, he wanted you to think he hated you. Yeah, he did. He was very good at that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, but the reality was, yeah. So he took a liking mm -hmm. to you guys specifically. Right. And Joey for a while was the head trainer at Ring of Honor. And that's ultimately where I met Gresham. Um, well, I knew of Gresham, and I'd met him in passing before, but got to know him on a personal level, like his mindset. And John has had his own background. Like he's never been to WWE, but he spent time in Japan. He spent time in Germany and UK. Right, different countries. He's been, yeah. He, yeah. yeah. So he's... World traveled. He's world one of those those exactly. journeymen world traveled. One of the last of them. That without, the, without that national exposure, say, because he wasn't in like TNA or mm -hmm. WWE, yeah. that made a name for himself... Um, through 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 just being a journeyman, you know, like world traveler, mm -hmm. um, and you know, yeah. So they they, they kind of made a name for himself without that. So so John eventually got the role as the trainer for the Ring of Honor school, and at the time, Ring of Honor was going through a transition, I guess, on the creative side because the Bucks were gone and Cody was gone. And I was gone. Was gone. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Larry was gone. Somehow they didn't go back for Oh, come on. <laughs> and it was like, all right, we kind of we have to create the company over from the ground up. We got to bring in new people. We got to make new stars. Um, and that year after, it was 2019, Ring of Honor took a hurting. Mm -hmm. like not just attendance, but popularity-wise. Like, it was cool to make fun of Ring of Honor at the time, which I never understood. Well, that was that was right when the when the Bucks and yeah, Curry right. scapegoating, yeah, yeah. scapegoating is what it is, you know. Fad, you know, mm -hmm. people, you know, yeah. That was, I mean, they they lost a lot of talent. All they did, of, you know? they did. They lost all their their big names at the time, but you know, the show's got to go on, and Ring of Honor kept putting on shows, and the shows were fantastic. Absolutely, they were wonderful shows, but people just perception, perception, mm -hmm. perception. this is ring of honor sans the bullet club. So I don't know what is it, what is it? And then they'll, they'll pick out the lowest members on the roster and be like, this is what ring of honor is now. Right. It's unfair to those guys. I'm like, no, really unfair. And that's that, that's the, you know, that's that like people jump on the bandwagon too, but the yeah. perception, the perception was at that time, it's like, oh geez, you know, that the ring of honor is like yesterday's news. Cause all these stars left. Yeah. At one time when, you know, the reality was it was just mm. about, you know, someone, another person making a very, very, very big financial investment mm -hmm. right. into something else starting. Yeah. Um, but then it comes around to, to 2020 and COVID time and the world shut down. Um, and we, and by we, I mean, Dante and myself at first were scheduled to start making regular appearances for the company in 2020 and essentially the same right getup. before everything shut down yeah, mm -hmm. essentially the same getup we're doing now with uh, the young boy gimmick and uh just to reiterate reiterate um the prospect gimmick that dante and i and ken dixon and eric martin are doing if people are familiar with the new japan young lion system 
they strip the personalities down to just bare bone. You make a creator wrestler on like WWE 2K, whatever, and just click accept all the way through in the gear and you get basic black, basic, 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 basic everything. And then wrestle a match with just the basics and make it worthwhile and entertaining. Then you can change stuff up as you go along, but you know how to get the best quality match out of nothing. Um, and that's what Dante and I were going to do. And then everything shut down. Um, and we didn't know if there was going to be plans for us anymore. We didn't know, is this the route we want to stick with? Do we want to be glorified ring crew? Um, what, what, what do we want to do? And our first set of tapings back, we did the bubble one. We, we and by we, I mean me, Dante, Dixon, Eric. We weren't even on it. We just showed up and did ring crew and we weren't even a second thought. And so we're sitting there like pouty and grouchy. Like, mm -hmm. like all right, what what connections do we have in Orlando? What, uh, what mm -hmm. do we, who do we know in Jacksonville? Um, who do we know in Nashville? Because the writing's on the wall. This ain't going nowhere. Yeah, we're just going to. Yeah, we're not. I'm, I'm not here to set up your ring. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And we expressed these grievances to John. And we said, John, we're just getting left in the dust here, man. And I think you know it too. And John kind of looked at us and he said, I know. And that's about to change because I just won the pure title. And now I'm going into creative. Um, maybe not those exact words. Yeah, you make them sound like a boss. Like, you make them like, I'm winning the pure title. I'm going into creative. Um, but he. He won the pure title, and now he had some authority, and one of the first things he did is, is, I want my dojo guys represented, and I want them on TV, and I want them to get a spot. Uh, they deserve it, they need it, and, like, the company needs it. And we were, again, when I say we, I mean me, Dante, Ken, and Eric. I'm not going to reestablish that <laughs> every time. Um, but we were given that opportunity, and we killed it, all four of us, and we didn't look back. And that ultimately led to the match I had with John, which just aired last week. Um, I forget who I was talking to. I think it was maybe Dean. It's like everybody has like that breakout match where they reach the standard of recognition that they should be receiving. With Patrick, it was his first NXT takeover. People realized he was the real deal. Um, Leo, I can't remember what Leo was. Leo was just always just gradually broke out more and more and got his own recognition. Uh, but for me, that was that Gresham match. Where I think for Dot for Leo was probably the tournament that, that when he won the, the, top, won the prospect, top prospect. Yeah, and he had some really solid matches. Mm -hmm. and people were like, you know, it's when I, you started to see a lot of buzz on him. Yeah, they're like this, this, this is the guy. Um, so for me, it was definitely this Gresham match, and it wouldn't have happened if John didn't go to bat. Right, didn't go to bat for us. But you guys, you guys, that's the whole thing, and that's all what it takes in wrestling. But you still, <clears throat> you showed up for a long time. You did yeah. the work. You put the work. And he mm -hmm. saw and you earned that respect from him right. to where he was like, no, these guys need a door opened. Yeah. And he opened that door for you. You know what I mean? And um, that, yeah, and that's, and that's what it's about. But if you hadn't shown up, if you hadn't earned that respect, if you hadn't shown him you were serious – you know, when you were having that moment of like, maybe this, we should just go. Maybe he would have, his advice probably would have been like, yeah, maybe you guys should try something else. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because he, in other words, he wouldn't, like what he did for you is he put his name on the line. Yes. 
and he put his name on the line for you guys. So if you hadn't earned that, he wouldn't have put his name on the line if you would have just, oh, well, we need these guys to put up the ring the next time, or yeah. we need these guys to be lap dogs. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have put his name on yeah. you. He put his name on you because you earned that yeah, from there's, him. There's, there's other people that show up to set up the ring, and he doesn't put his name out there for everyone. Um, but it, it's wrestling. Nobody gets <clears throat> anywhere on their own. Right, um, right. That match was phenomenal. What did he... um? He tapped you with, what was it, a, a um, bridging hammerlock? Or? Just a grounded hammerlock. It was so basic, but it was so effective and so believable that, oh, yeah, I'm going to tap out if someone gets my arm comp compromised like that just to, you know, put yeah. it over here on the cast. It was phenomenal. The great, thing, the great thing with John is he'll take things that are seen as rudimentary moves and makes them special or important. Even in a wrestler mindset, like what we would view as a simple hammerlock. Mm-hmm. You go and put your friend in a hammerlock and put some weight on it. You can tear a guy's shoulder out. Absolutely, absolutely. yeah. But nobody realizes that um, until they're there. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. And I felt it. And <laughs> I didn't want to be there much longer than I was or had to have been. Um, that's, the, that's the dumpy thing about submissions. Guys get excited and they'll put that thing on you when you're just kind of laying there. Yeah. RJ would do it all the time. I know, I can't, <laughs> I know he's not here, but he put that bruised mission on and he would sit back because he would feel it. And then he'd start yelling, and I'm like, okay, I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't breathe for real. RJ, where's her? You're killing me, man. Stop. And he's like, yeah, that's right. Find the camera guy. Like, <laughs> so it was just the whole the whole experience, not just the match itself, but the promo beforehand where I dedicated it to RJ. Probably the best I've ever done because um, it was real. Really yeah. It felt real. It yeah, felt real. and had, uh, the promo itself. I mean, the match had a lot of buzz, but the promo had yeah. buzz. Like I saw on social media being shared in the week leading mm -hmm. up to it, yeah. and you know, just people putting over it. And I watched it. I, I felt that, you know. Yeah, we all did. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I could tell. So I, I, um, I had a couple people like share it with me, like send it to me on Messenger, and was like, "Hey, did you see this?" So that's a moment too. Like, a you know, I'm glad you brought it up. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a, a broke out promo and like ring of honor featured it and they sent it out you yeah. know and featured it separately what, what kind of feedback did you get like internally from people in ring of honor about uh, that promo some of the um well at the time at the time of the recording uh because we do the promo tapings after we, uh, we do the wrestling um it's the last day of our bubble and people just need to get out because right yeah, so they're tired and frustrated they're tired and you're like but after it aired it? the presentation when it went out did you get a lot of good oh, feedback fantastic reception um not just from like my close friends and whatnot but like random roster members like upper upper roster members would reach out and say that was fantastic mm -hmm. stuff um probably the best on the programming all year or whatnot um which was great for like my ego but then at the same sense like christ now i gotta live up to this standard <laughs> every time <laughs> well like you said it was real like right. it was real and for, yeah. i think any of us knew you know yeah. it was real right um, that was, you know, uh, and, um, I had heard that, um, like even RJ's family saw it yeah, and, um, were, you know, like touched by it. So, it, you know, and for all of us that have, you know, it, it, watching that promo, I was like, you know, there's, there's times it's been a couple months that we think watching that promo, I was like, okay, I'm not over this. Oh yeah. You know? 100%, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like I watched the promo and was like, all right. As I'm starting mm -hmm. to get choked up, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'm not over this year." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Because I watched it in its entirety for the first time probably like two weeks before 
prepared or like the match happened and i was holding it i was holding because i was like i was there i know what's gonna happen then they started flashing the pictures of rj i know yeah that's where that's where yeah yeah well, you know, we, we talked about this with Kevin Eck last week mm-hmm. um, and about the tribute that Ring of Honor did for RJ. Mm-hmm. Even for not being a roster guy there, his influence was felt. And mm-hmm. you are a perfect example yeah. of the influence that he had in a promotion that mm-hmm. was one he didn't work for. So yeah. I, it's a testament to that. Well, majority of the new crop coming up in Ring of Honor, like myself, Dixon Dante, Eric, SOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Zach Draper and Brian Johnson, even though they were more limited than the first guys mm-hmm. listed, they all had some sort of influence by RJ yeah. on them. Um, everyone was taken aback with his passing. Uh, it just it kind of blew my mind the amount of reach that RJ had had, not just in the Baltimore area but the wrestling community itself. Um, won't be forgotten well i mean this whole cast is his legacy you know this room that we're in is where it came to you dan that we're gonna have rj live on yeah Um, yeah after we did that show i think we've told the story before but it's kind of for everything that happened and then us doing the show um afterwards and kind of was like yeah we need to re-engage with our fans and absolutely yeah 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 Gonna have to run for mayor and take his spot. <laughs> man, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody can take that spot, that RJ running for mayor spot. Yeah. Oh man, people would gravitate towards him. Oh yeah. He didn't have to do anything. He was following him. I remember people would follow him. There was one incident, Shamrock Cup. I think it was twenty nineteen. There was a drunken fan that was getting thrown out the building for whatever reason. Well, you could probably well, he's drunk. He was drunk and getting rowdy. Belligerent. And he was on the outside, he was on the outside, and of course everybody followed him, and he's standing there and he's swearing. He's like, I just need one person to fight, that's all I need. And RJ just <laughs> stands through the crowd, like, he had just gotten released from the hospital two weeks ago, and he's like, I'll fight your ass. And then everybody's like, nobody was going to break this up. <laughs> you got some giant fans, you had like Big Will and Charles standing there, yeah. and there's RJ like, I'll fight you. And people are like, oh, RJ's going to kill this guy. Like, no, you can't let this happen. Hold on. And he definitely would have killed But that's just the legacy that man had. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely larger than life yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. Well, you know, Joe, you... you to kind of keep us on target here, you've been talking a lot about this journey. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to balance, you know, your personal life with, you know, breaking through that glass ceiling and getting your name out there all over the place? How's that been going for you over these past eight years? Barely. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's almost cliche. You people say, oh, you got to make sacrifices in one night. You hear it until you have to do it. There's... Uh, many social events and I guess friendships that have fizzled out because I couldn't be there or couldn't see them as much as I wanted to. But the payoff in the end is better for me. Like I remember, I remember any friend of mine who, on their own account, went to a wrestling one of my wrestling events. I remember that and I treasure that. I cherish yeah. that, mm-hmm. and I won't forget them uh, for that. But there, it's as like I'm getting more popular and on Ring of Honor. People who I haven't talked to in years be like, hey man, I'm supporting your wrestling stuff. I'm like, hey, how many events have you gone to? And it's like, oh well, if you got any tickets laying around, you know, that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you know what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. Um, Listen, there's I I get you know I've been doing this 
I've been doing this stuff for so long. And to me, that's, that's the most irritating and infuriating mm-hmm. is I'll have people reach out to me that haven't talked to me or called me in 15 years, yeah. asked how I'm doing. And they'll send me a message on Facebook. I graduated high school with them and like, Oh, Dan, man, Hey, you got, you know, Ric Flair coming into yeah, this show, man. It's going. Hey, could I get, Nine tickets, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm sure. like, you, I haven't heard from you in 15 years. Do mm-hmm. you know how much I'm paying Ric Flair to show up? Yeah, like, and then oh, I think it's so awesome. I want to support what you do. Can I get a bunch of free tickets? Right, like, I want to support you, I want to support you and support what you're doing. Surprise. But can I, and I'll, you know, my response is, is uh, I won't do this, but you'll know if you'll get this response. People see this, what I think of you. Because <laughs> um, you've probably gotten a response. I'll just, I'll usually respond and say this. I'll say, hey, just out of curiosity, if I owned a Jiffy Lube and you haven't talked to me in 10 years, would you just email me asking for a free oil change? That's my response. Yeah. 100%. And usually they don't respond back to that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you haven't called me in 10 years. You know what I mean? I got a show that I'm producing that's probably costing $35,000 to put on. And well, you're that's... just reaching up, hey, man, I really want to support what you're doing. Can I get a couple hundred dollars worth of tickets for free? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. interesting. You mentioned one of the challenges of balancing this is like almost balancing your celebrity. As you're starting to kind of get more and more of a thing, a deal, you're going to have more and more people that all of a sudden randomly like, hey, I want to come to Ring of Honor. Like... They didn't know it existed, yeah, you know, before. I, I only advertise it on all my social media, like, every week. So they know, they know right. it's there. <laughs> but, yeah, just over time, it's, it's the more popular I got in wrestling, the more bookings I was able to get and the more opportunities to open up. I, I don't have weekends to go get trashed in the city or whatever right. my friends were doing at the time. So that those bridges kind of fizzled out and... That's fine with me. Um, they weren't really friends to begin with if they couldn't support what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, professionally, uh, to my parents' liking, I did get a science job uh, just outside wrestling. I currently make vaccines for a company in Southern uh, near BWI, including some of these COVID vaccines people are trying to get their hands on. Uh, Yes, thanks, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that <laughs> needed that. It's <laughs> a little background. Um, and it works out perfectly. Um, my shift is Monday to Thursday, and I work in the morning for 10 hours, so that just leaves all my weekends open to go wrestling. But with the world shut down, I'm not going anywhere, anywhere, except yeah. for the, the ROH bubble. And my bosses are lenient. They're like, yeah, just put in the time you need off and just be here when we need you. And they're fine with it. So I, I have no problems professionally, uh, work life and wrestling life, which isn't always the case with everyone. Definitely and not. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, before then, I was working a part-time job, and I wouldn't accept a full-time job because they'd be like, we need you to work some weekends, and I, I would turn it down, mm-hmm. which, you know, me at the time, kicking myself in the ass, like, this is, like, benefits and full-time money, and you're turning it down so you could go... Yeah, down to Winston-Salem 
on a Sunday or a Saturday to wrestle for 50 bucks. Like, are you stupid? But right. in, in retrospect, it paid off. Hey, man, I was there. So, yeah. I, was I, yeah. I was 19, 20 years old, and I was working in the kitchen at Chuck E. Cheese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they wanted, and I was offered a like management job, but I would have had to work weekends. I was hey, like, oh. no way, mm -hmm. brother. Yeah. No yeah. way. No way. Like, and I remember my dad was like, are you serious? Like, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, no way, man. They want me to work weekends. You know, yeah. I got to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. You know? We've all, We've all been there. But Joe, like you said, at the end of the day, it's a little bit more fulfilling. You know, being the yeah. manager of a Chuck E. Cheese, that, that would have been a nice uh, chunk of change coming your way. And I was, I, yeah, there was nothing, Stop. I was the same way. I mean, yeah. Look, if I had taken that management right. of Chuck E. Cheese job, we may not be here now. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, when you worked at Chuck E. Cheese, did... Chuck E. Cheese come out to the Macho Man's music because I took my youngest son to Chuck E. Cheese when he was little, about two years old, and Chuck E. Cheese, the stuffed mouse, comes out onto the stage to Macho Man's music, and I popped so hard for it. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember if it came out to Macho Man's music or not. I mean, I, I know, know if that was just a local thing, or if that was like yeah, a that may have been thing. a local, that may have, yeah. that may have been a local thing. That may have been a local thing. Yeah, I think so, for baby. <laughs> but you know, it's that that crossover to wrestling life. You know? Yeah, wrestling of course. Life, the real sphere, you know. We, we, there's a that lot theme of is applicable for now. We did, now we did, we did, we we did because um. You, at the time I worked there, there we we filmed a lot of stuff. Gosh, I got them on VHS tapes where we would dress up in the Chucky outfit and attack yeah. people like in the ball crawl and have wrestling matches. Oh, I actually wow. filmed, you know, with my other buddies that were that were that were into wrestling at the time, you know, and guys that I worked with. We found and we actually somewhere. I mean, they probably make great YouTube videos now. I'm thinking blast from the past. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, let's Whether think. We were dressed up, Chuck e. Cheese, dressed up in the Chuck E. Cheese outfit in the ball crawl, oh, dropping yeah. elbows. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Um, I would love to see it. And I think that we should get it for one of the blasts for the past. <laughs> right. Because um, I, I'm trying to envision that at a young corporal punishment or the comet, right. you know, dressed up as Chuck E. Cheese. That sounds like a good piece of business. Um, Joe, I want to know, with everything that's going on for you, yet wonderful showing on TV last week with Jonathan Gresham, what is next for Joe Keys? Where are you going? I'm trying to get paid now. I know that that's right. <laughs> First and foremost, right? <laughs> I would like to stop going to a full-time job uh, every week. Uh, yeah. And just be able to focus on wrestling. Um, but that's a lot easier said than done. I, I don't know what goes into that business side. And, uh, you know, as cliche as it sounds, just show up and work hard and hope someone mm -hmm. notices and pays off in the end well I, I i think i can say like again being pretty experienced as a promoter and and watching guys like you're you're right there mm -hmm. under what i guess would be called that glass ceiling mm -hmm. or referred to as that glass ceiling so i think you should obviously you know you know this like you, you keep doing what you're doing and obviously you know um following the guidance of a guy like john that's giving you the guidance now and like right. Getting the showings, I think. I think personally, you're having that 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 breakout moment with that promo and the match with John. Mm -hmm. I think you're probably closer than you think yeah. to you know opportunities falling in place for you. Like you're right there. Um, you know, you 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 see there's memes and always online. You ever seen the memes where like a guy's they're showing like a guy digging for diamonds, and he's like right. He doesn't realize, yeah. but yeah. he's like right there. 
and he stops and quits. Uh-huh. And he's only got like a little, little tiny, tiny bit of dirt to left, get through. And then yeah. It's a whole pile of diamonds. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the truth about what people quit right before they do all the, like you, you've, you've spent now the last, what to 2014 to so like seven years seven, and the grind, years, yeah. grinding and grinding. Uh, I think you're probably closer to opportunities breaking out for you, major opportunities breaking out for you than you realize. Yeah. You know, just me personally. It happens at different times for different right. people. I don't want to stay on it too long, but I'll tell you this much just to give you a little blast from the p- past that you probably won't remember. Uh, one of the times when I was with ROH, you and Ken and Leo and Patrick and a couple other guys all came down to, um, you know, help out with the ring, you know, same old story, help out with the ring. Right. And Kevin Kelly called me aside and he said, hey, Larry, we're doing this new thing with Michael Elgin and we need we need one of these guys. You know them all, like get one of them. Just make sure he's not too big because Elgin's short and, you know, we don't want to make him look, you know, shorter than... Yeah. So, I who they picked. Well, I mean, I looked at you all. I mean, this was like one time that they asked me to do something of this nature basically right. because of my legacy with MCW, knowing that I knew the guys. And I was like, well, I'd love... I'd love to see one of you guys get this, but you over here, you're the shortest one, so go see Kevin Kelly because they're going to do something with you. But at the time, as much as I would love to have been like, all of them, let's do something with all of them, we'll figure it out. It just wasn't the time then, but here we are now, and it is your time, as Dan alluded to. And also, I think right now it's time for us to... It's your favorite part, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's time for us to talk about some other indies and what's going on on the scene. And that means we're going to throw it to the general manager of MCW Pro, Phil Stamper, to fill us in for the Indie Roundup. everybody. My name is Phil Stamper. I'm so excited to be back with you this week talking about the world of independent wrestling. So much has happened. Here I'm in, I'm in like mission control. You need to see the setup. I have two screens, so you're seeing me probably looking left to right just to try to gather everything. And I have things on like half screens right now just to sort it all because so much has happened in this last week. And actually the first thing I got, I found out about because of Larry Legend. Larry Legend posted this on Twitter, tagged me in it, let me know that Pro Wrestling Illustrated is sponsoring an Iron Person match, it's a man and a woman, so I'm going to say Iron Person match, typical Iron Man rules, Iron Person match between Tony Deppen and Trisha Dora. Now, Tony Deppen recently made some headlines in, in the world of professional wrestling, and I mean the entire world of professional wrestling, for having the third longest match in professional wrestling history at two hours long. That's right, a straight two hours match with him and Jordan Oliver. And now on February 14th, this coming Sunday, we'll be going directly into one-on-one action in an Iron Person match against Trisha Dora. And as far as anybody knows, it's the first time there's ever been an hour-long Iron Person match that's also been intergender. So really exciting to make a footnote in, in the world of not only professional wrestling, but the world of professional wrestling history. Um, so I'm excited, looking forward to it. This is courtesy of Beyond Wrestling. It's going to be available on the Beyond Wrestling YouTube page. So check that out. Again, Beyond Wrestling, their YouTube page. Tony Deppen versus Trisha Dora. It's going to be an absolute banger of a match. Um, also exciting news, IWTV. I talked about them last week. I, I started to look at, well, if I'm going to be bringing you news about the world of professional wrestling, let me tell you about how you can find footage of great professional wrestling action that's happening. And IWTV is one of those platforms 
that can bring that to you with a number of independent wrestling companies signed up under their banner so that you can stay aware of what's happening with action in independent wrestling. IWTV now has signed an agreement with Pluto TV. Pluto TV is a television streaming service um, for many people who have cut the cord and they no longer have a cable service and they're relying on a complete digital solution for all, everything, um, for how they get their television service. Um, they, uh, Pluto TV is one of the largest known options that are out there. Pluto TV has its own wrestling television channel and now has signed an agreement with IWTV to start receiving footage from them. The they, not their entire library right away. They're going to be rolling in different content. They already have different content. They have uh, uh, Steve Austin's Broken Skull Ranch is on that station. They have footage from like Defy Wrestling in uh, Washington State. But now with getting this agreement with IWTV, they're going to start rotating in stock from different companies under their banner. The first two going to be Beyond Wrestling's Uncharted Territory Season 1 as well as Women's Wrestling Revolution, their entire library. So uh, Pluto TV, again, that's a free app available to stream on Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Chromecast, PlayStation, TiVo, Xfinity, Roku, and so much more available um, on Pluto TV. So that's really super exciting. Also on IWTV, straight on their website or on their app, again, IWTV.live or download their app, IWTV. Um, new episodes of Violence X Suffering, as well as episodes of New South Pro Wrestling Action Clash and Heavy Metal Wrestling. Then on Wednesday, full events of Paradigm Pro's No Hook 2 and New South Pro. On Thursday, Ohio Wrestling Alliance. I think that's going to be the banger of the week, by the way. I think that's going to be the event to look out for from uh, anything new on IWTV. Then on Friday, I'm probably going to get smacked in the head for this because then there's two action wrestling events taking place on Friday out of Georgia, and I love action wrestling, so it's going to be a solid weekend of action. And then on Sunday evening... Valentine's Day, Camp Leapfrog prevents a very special episode of Camp Love Frog. I'm looking forward to this. You know, hey, you might see me there. I'm just saying. Check it out, IWTV.live. Over on Fight TV, um, Abima, PWA, and Pele Pro on Friday. They're bringing new episodes. And on Saturday, Georgia Independent Pro Wrestling has a brand new event that you can check out over on Fight TV. Also, live events. And what I'm starting to see now that cases are starting to lower in the community, thank goodness, um, from the big gimmick that now there's going to be a return of more public events, so um, live events. Now, it's not going to be like it was right away, uh, not going to be shoulder to shoulder, and there's still going to be masks required and all that stuff, um, but more places are starting to open up with public events. So you're starting to see the return of some crowds in some places um, that had to step away, unfortunately, for a little bit just because of how high some of the case rates were. So uh, WWA4 in Georgia, 127 Pro in Tennessee, both of them returning this coming Thursday. On Friday the 12th, Pro South Wrestling in Alabama, Fighting Evolution Wrestling out of uh, Florida. Action, again, those two events in Georgia, Pro Wrestling Phoenix in Nebraska, Resolute Wrestling in Tennessee, Atlas Wrestling Promotion out, out of Texas. Then on Saturday the 13th, two events from Victory Championship Wrestling in Alabama, Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment and World Class Wrestling Association out of Arkansas. Then out of Florida, we have Coastal Wrestling Federation, Fighting Evolution Wrestling, Generation Championship Wrestling, and Legacy Classic Championship Wrestling all out of Florida this coming Saturday. In Georgia, Southern Wrestling Association in Tennessee, the Tennessee Wrestling Association. Out of Texas, the Austin Wrestling Revolution, Promotion uh, 915 and 61, excuse me, 656 in association with AAA in Odessa, Texas. Metroplex also out of Texas. And then in Wisconsin, Wisconsin was a state that had stopped all of their public events. Now they're starting to come back very, very slowly. 
Brew City Wrestling and Wisconsin Pro Wrestling, both coming back this coming Saturday in Wisconsin. And then on Sunday, I mentioned Camp Lee Prague. Like I said, check it out, IWTV.live. Uh, School of Morton streaming live on their Facebook page out of Chucky, Tennessee. Again, School of Morton from WWE Hall of Famer Ricky Morton and Heavy Metal Wrestling, brand new event out of San Antonio, Texas. So a lot of action coming your way. And hey, a lot of news just come out of the, came out of this last week. Who knows what this coming week will bring. Thank you for watching in. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you guys are having a good time. I miss seeing you guys. Like one day I'm going to have to come up. Like all of us are going to be have to hang out in person like I, I need a drink I need like socialization like in person with people I uh, can't wait to see you guys so much is coming up uh, actually this coming Saturday I'm driving out to Indiana for a pre-taped event for Flophouse Wrestling that will also be appearing on IWTV so a lot of things are coming up looking forward to it I'm looking forward to seeing all of you very very soon my name is Phil Stamper engage with the MCW cast on Facebook YouTube and Twitch for a chance to get your questions answered on a future episode of the cast or send us a tweet with the hashtag ask MCWcast. I gotta tell you, the indie roundup just gets better and better week by week, I feel. Phil, thank you so much for filling us in. You, no. know, you know I gotta <laughs> hit my line. Um, but what about that great news? IWTV now gonna be featured on yeah, Pluto. Um, Pluto TV, which is a, one of those apps, you know, it's built into most TVs now. You can mm -hmm. go to YouTube, Tubi, Pluto. So but uh, this TV. Yeah, we can. Studio it's built in. We got a smart TV here. Well, that's what it is. It's about smart TVs and and I guess the internet is really the smartest way to go. So now you got a lot of the IWTV library going to be streamed on Pluto TV. That's huge. Right. Great for everybody on there. Great for all the and platforms on there. Ring of Honor's matches or uh, Ring of Honor shows are on there, correct, Joe? I have no idea. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I'm so sorry. All right. Well, for our fans, yes. Um, uh, Stir on Pluto. Uh, you can find Ring of Honor. Uh, there's lots of Ring of Honor content there. There's a lot of other indie wrestling on there. But go to Pluto and you can look for that. That's right, and um, so now you know. and I they believe it. I mean, I believe there's some CZW. So I, I know that uh, you and and Rob and Ken used to come up and accompany Leo for some of his first forays with Joey Janela and whatnot. Um, when he first started developing the Blackheart character, you was, you were uh, I was uh part of Leo's match the first time he debuted the Blackheart character, and I don't remember much from the match because I got destroyed through a table by Janela. Uh -huh. um, about halfway through, and I guess it was the first time I experienced like the CZW audience the first time because everybody always talked about like just how brutal they were and just how nasty they were for no reason. And you know, I was calm at first, and I'd gotten desensitized, saw the derogative terms, and I remember Penelope went for a dive off the top onto Rob and I, and we caught her and we staggered back and landed onto one of the tables they had set up just like by chance. Um, the table, because the, the skate zone at the time was like a tile floor. So That's right, yeah. The table just slid across the entire floor. Rob had the majority of Penelope, so he rolled off, and I just laid on the table, and all I heard was like the crowd going, ah, oh, this is like... And, uh, and then I hear them slowly starting to come up. I'm like, what, what's Leo doing? And I'm laying on this table, and I look, and I see Leo, and he's just making this face at me like, oh, no. And I look over and I just peep up a little bit and I just see Janella midair like flying across the arena. I just knock my lights out <laughs> through this table. Um, well, was that not planned? Did Joey just go and just say, oh, he's on the table. I'm just going to leap on him. Yeah, he just went. <laughs> Let me tell you, he's a bad, bad boy. Yeah, that was around the time, too. That was both of them. Both of them probably. That was breakout for probably both of those two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got buzzed. They were got they, buzz on them. They were killing each other in those matches. That's the same one where Janela like fell from the rafters through Leo on the ladder. Yeah. And, and was that after Joey did that? Um, Janela did that. 
off the roof. Jump. Off the roof. That was his first match back from jumping off the roof. Was it really? Yeah. Dude, um, didn't he like didn't like almost lose a finger? He almost lost his thumb. Thumb, right? Yeah. Like it almost, huh? He almost lost his life. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. They yeah, um, that was sick. It was sick, and I bet you it's going to be on Pluto now. Yeah. Another thing, uh, another thing, and I really want to ask you about this, Joe. Uh, I know we don't have that much time left with you. Phil mentioned um, the first ever Iron Person match is, is scheduled. It's coming up, being sponsored by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I saw T- that developed on Twitter, right? That kind of thing just developed. Yeah, and it's got Deppin and uh, Trisha, Trisha Adora, mm-hmm. the Pan-African disp- dira- mm, Diaspora World Champion. I have a hard time with that word. Pan-African Diaspora World Champion. She's going to be defending it, I think, against Deppin. But um, how do you feel about that, uh, a, a, a woman... Uh, a strong champion of a woman fighting a man in an hour-long Iron Person match. How do you feel about that? For me, with intergender wrestling, um, you have to look at the components going in. And this one, I feel, is an even matchup because Trish is a stronger, larger woman than most women. Uh, And Tony, nothing against Tony. Tony is not that large of an individual and is about the same size as Trish. So you have two even-sized fighters going to this match. Um, what a lot of people won't consider is 60 minutes is a long, long time to wrestle. Uh, 10 minutes is a long time. 15 minutes is exhausting. 60 minutes is... It, at that point, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Like if, right. you, if you are not... And, and holding your attention... I think, you know, like for me, I mean, obviously been involved in wrestling a long time, been a fan even longer. Um, For me, one of the the most memorable, you know, Sean and Brett from the main event Mm -hmm. of WrestleMania. And that was tough to hold my attention. Hmm. So, you know what I mean? Just from a, a, you know, holding attention span to me, that's tough. You know, Sean and and Brett, I personally think they're probably two of the best ever do it. Yeah. Um, and just so just, you know, I think, you you know, those 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 um, set aside the fact that it's an intergender, just doing that, I think it can either ha- be really good or it can kind of expose, you know what I mean? Expose weaknesses, you know, and it, yeah, it's me. I, I don't know. I think it's a risk personally doing it. Well, we talked about this before uh, the show started, Dan, about um the, the number of views on intergender matches that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and absolutely. That. So it's there's definitely interest mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, we I get all the analytics on the MCW mm-hmm. YouTube page um, and, and get all the different analytics. I pay attention to that, um, what people are watching. And, you know, intergender wrestling is like one of the, the – it's the second – it's the second most searched uh, term on the MCW YouTube page behind Leo Rush um, and has been for a while. Leo's got a lot of buzz coming off of, um, you know, you know, obviously we got a ton of Leo matches on our page. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's coming off WWE and MTV and, you know, getting his name out there. But, yeah, and but intergender wrestling for a while is always one of the top search terms on our page where people go into the MCW YouTube page, look for intergender matches, which we have some, you know, Scarlett Bordeaux yeah. did a couple intergender matches. Right. So it's definitely, champion. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely, you know, definitely um, something interesting, but the whole 60 person or 60 man, whatever, yeah. the whole Iron Man match concept to me, it's tough. It's tough to do and hold people's attention 
and be good. Well, I just I just want to say I believe that um in a lot of ways one of the companies I'm associated with ICW No Holds Barred in November mm-hmm. they just did the first ever Iron Man death match. And um it yeah, it actually went off pretty pretty well. It was um they went 60 minutes. They went 60 minutes. It was it was not like critically panned. People weren't like this was, you know, crappy. And then subsequently we talked about that Fight Forever event. That happened last weekend, streamed on YouTube. Deppin and Jordan Oliver went two hours. Right, they did two hours. So I feel like a trend maybe of like, hey, we really don't have that much content to enjoy the way we used to. So now that you're sitting at home, let's just give you overdoses of everything and try and see what sticks on the wall, you know? And the the girl that's in that. Trish, yeah. Trish. um, I've just kind of started hearing... A buzz about her. Is she was she in the Ring of Honor dojo? Was she training? She was. She was. Um, What's her she, background? I don't know much about her. I know she's from the DC area. I know that. Yeah, she she calls her uh, her uh, finishing move the lariat. Um, she calls it lariat Tubman. Lariat Tubman. Instead <laughs> oh, of that's yeah, funny. that's her that's her deal. Instead of Harriet, Lariat that's Tubman. Good. Oh, dude, it's, that's good. It's one of the best things I've heard. You know, so yeah. I, I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. And Dan. You hit the nail on the head. I'm going to leave you with this, Joe. That all happened very organically just by Tony Deppen tweeting out, I want to do an intergender Iron Man match. Like, I don't know if he really was going into business for himself. He was just tweeting. He he was just just tweeting it. Like a rhetorical. Just a rhetorical tweet. So, you know, I see you active, Cup of Joe Keys. You know, I see you you up, up there active. But never underestimate the power of the people and just... You know, of course, we talked about Leo maybe not saying the right things on that, but it can be a very powerful. It can be a very powerful tool to get things done. Like I couldn't believe right. how quickly. And when is that? That's happening soon. It's on Valentine's Day. I don't know if they're oh. doing it on Valentine's Day. I'm not sure if it's live. I don't really know the details. Um, Phil, if you mentioned it to us, and I'm forgetting, I'm sorry, but it will stream on Valentine's Day on IWTV. Well, I tell you what, just because the uh, the talk and the way that it the way and and we've talked, it's. I'll probably watch it and I'll probably check it out just out of curiosity. So if it, if that's what they do, if they they multiply that and create that curiosity, it, it could end up being good for both of them just for the exposure and may get them both noticed. Yeah, obviously. And, and if GCW or whoever puts that uh, two hour match up, I'll take a look at that because I've heard I've heard mixed reviews about the two hour match that happened at Fight Forever. But that's tough. Man. Yeah, an hour or two hours is wild. I think but they the, have it up on uh, YouTube because that's where they stream their content now. GCW. Oh, is the event up? I, well, I so. okay, so I'll I'll take a look at that maybe tonight before I go to bed. But um, Joe, we want to we want to thank you for joining us here on the cast. Yeah, it was you great know, yeah. You. Thank you. Being around you guys and just shooting stuff at the wall and hopefully get back to actual wrestling in this building. Show. We're it's working really on weird. it, man. We're working on it. I think we're going to, um, I think we're, you know, uh, we're here. There's a lot like the last week or so. Um, you're, we heard like West Virginia. It sounds like West Virginia in the next 30 days or so may be opening up to um, larger events like weddings and funerals and, you know, stuff like that. It sounds so, so it sounds like, West Virginia and also Delaware, we did hear from the Delaware Commission mm-hmm. um, that they're getting ready to, you know, kind of open things back up. And, pro- you know, obviously they're going to be restricted events at first. So I'm hoping, um, however, talking with the commission this past week, um, they it seems like they're moving the goalpost back where they were saying probably mid 
to late spring. And the most recent conversation was like, well, maybe spring or possibly fall. And I'm like, but, you know, hopefully if Delaware, West Virginia and some surrounding states start to open, I think it's just like anything. No one wants to be first. And one thing with the athletic commission in Maryland and, and Pat Pinnell, I've known him a long time. I have respect for him and I understand his position, um, you know, safety and, you know, that's obviously a concern. But I, I think if we start getting other states around us, which it sounds like is starting to happen, that they have some limited events, hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, it's it'll be on the horizon. Yeah. You know? And we may end up we may end up going to Delaware or West Virginia first. You know, the first MCW show back may not be in Maryland, but, and you we, know. We have a history in working in both yeah. of those states. So. Yeah, yeah, Paw Paw, yeah, Martinsburg, I, Harrington. Paw Paw was always one of my favorite places. <laughs> yeah, just to say it, Paw Paw. But believe me, I, you know, we all want, we're all kind of fatigued and we're all ready, um, you know, so... You know, as soon as we can, as soon as the, as soon as we can have people in the MCW arena again, we're gonna have them. It's just, you know, we gotta, we gotta play by the rules. Gotta play by the rules. We don't want Pat Pinella dropping that hammer on us. No, on our wallets. Yeah, you know. So, all right, yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us here. Fourth episode of the MCW Cast. You want to tell us about your? I mean, I know I've put over your social media, but tell the folks where they can follow you and support you even more. Oh, fantastic. You can follow me on Twitter at Cup of Joe Keys. I don't know if there's numbers after that. I think it's just at Cup of Joe Keys, and that's the same for Instagram as well. Why don't you go ahead and I'll give them your uh, OnlyFans site? Do you have an OnlyFans? <laughs> no, do you really? <laughs> no, I don't have an OnlyFans. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> 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 you know, if you would have started giving. Wow. You would have just turned that rib around on me if he would have said, oh, check us out. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, you were like, I was just kidding. I think you could have an OnlyFans just for that hair. Honestly, that, yeah, listen, that beautiful I, hair. I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want that kind of heat from your mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? The judge, right? <laughs> I don't need a Hartford County judge <laughs> pissed off at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, no. bring this back in. Speaking of Cup of Joe, remember the way you can support the MCW cast That's right. is through Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, it's MCW cast. Yeah. Yep. Buy me a coffee slash MCW cast. Exactly. Uh, we're going to be taking a break. And when we come back, we're going to um, uh, shout out to some of our fans. And uh, we have some questions from the Ask MCW cast on Twitter. I've been waiting. To do. So. Great. All right. Well, thanks, Joe. Thanks for coming Thank in. We you, appreciate Joe. it. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the MCW cast. At MCW Pro Wrestling, much like many small businesses throughout the country, the pandemic has presented many challenges. For a company like ours that hosts events with live audiences, the impact has been even more severe, and all of our forms of revenue have been cut off. In order to continue to engage with our fans on a regular basis, we made the decision to begin to produce the MCW cast and are providing it for absolutely no cost on Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you'd like to support us during these challenging times, you can do so in several ways. The most popular way is to buy us a coffee to help fuel the cast. Just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast. And for just $3, you can buy the cast a coffee. Or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and receive several special perks. That's buymeacoffee.com backslash mcwcast. You can also contribute directly on Cash App, MCW Wrestling, or on Venmo, mcw-wrestling. You can also show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com 
backslash stores backslash MCWcast to pick up a full line of official MCWcast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Also, don't forget to comment in the threads on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch to get your questions answered on a future episode. And you can also send us a tweet using the hashtag AskMCWCast. Thank you for your support. And now, back to the show. Ask MCW cast. Ask MCW cast. All right. And we did have some fans <laughs> ask MCW cast last week. So I want to touch on those. All um, right. So Danny Hess asked us when there will be shows again. And we touched on that right before the break. So yeah, I think you've uh, so already answered his question. Pretty much. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, as soon as um, we're able and um, it's safe, you know, and it's safe. And if, if I guess he's again, referencing the MCW arena and shows in Maryland, like Hollywood is our second home. Um, you know, I, I, hopefully the summertime, but I, I think we'll definitely, and, and I, and, and too, we were talking about it, but I, maybe I'll go into a little more detail here. I think probably our first event that we do um, most likely is probably going to be either in West Virginia or Delaware, and it probably won't be in front of fans. It'll will probably um, Tara, you know, because we've had a little more um, more uh, intimate conversations about these about this thing. Because Tara kind of helps out with a lot of the office stuff in MCW, but um, it's probably gonna we're probably gonna end up taping a show or two that we that we stream. Um, get them in the can. And we stream online, mm-hmm. and they won't be fans there. Yeah. Um, I, I know I've said in the past, like, I, I was never a fan, and for me, I hated seeing wrestling like that when this all started a year ago, mm-hmm. but it's kind of the way things are. So I think, um, I think you know, our, our first shows back are probably going to be filmed out of state, and will probably be um, online exclusive shows that we do before we actually get in front of fans yeah um, the fans so. are getting used to that though now. yeah you know i mean yeah. i think that this, well, they have this no choice really has you know really deprived people of a pastime that they love much like baseball football mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and so i think that people understand that and they know that that's going to be the first couple of events right you know? indeed but, yeah so that yeah it'll probably be the same way with us okay. but all right another question um is from Lou Mahan, longtime fan. He wants to know if there's any t- uh, word that Marcellus Prime, Napalm, Amber Rodriguez might come back, you know, when we do open back up again. I know um, they've all been here in the past before. Amber um, has returned to wrestling, although she doesn't live local anymore. But Right, know, where is she living at? She, she had a child, too. She had a child. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I know that she was in the... Look, I I always I I loved Amber. I always Mm -hmm. liked Amber. I think Amber is great. Mm -hmm. Um, And Napalm and Solo, uh, man, they're two guys that I honestly, I really thought if they had been as focused on their team as I was in wanting them to be a team, Mm -hmm. I think they would have probably ended up with a job somewhere. Um, and that's, you know, some, I think they both wanted singles careers more than the tag team, but I think they, and I I still think they could, they look like a million bucks. They were back for, you know, bruiser and everything, everything happened with RJ kind of brought a lot of people back. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people back we haven't heard for a while, but again, um, not knowing right now, like that we have anything scheduled for a show, it's kind of because things change for people in a moment's notice. I yeah, mean, mm-hmm. you know, Marshall, I think he lived up in Canada. Yeah, now he's for back a little in while. Town. He's back, so like that, you know, again, 
you don't know because people's lives change. Right. You yep. know what I mean? One minute someone's here that we, you know, two months from now we get ready to do a show and he's in Canada. He moved yeah. to Canada. So, um, yeah, all that will depend. But obviously, Napalm and Solo, I loved them. I loved um, Amber Rodriguez. They were all part of Black Wall Street, which was one of the, you know, most memorable factions in MCW history. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, it's hard to say when we, it's hard to say to kind of talk about creative or who we'll have in when right now we still don't have an exact focus, you know, or, or date right. on when we are coming back. Or exactly. when we're going to be able to put something exactly. together. And I'm glad you brought up Black Wall Street because our um, next question was from Dan Garrett, and he wants us to bring Drolix onto the podcast. So he threw out a name there for us to bring in as a guest. I'm sure Drolix will be. Um, I'm sure Drolix will be one of the guests we have in. Obviously, you know Joe Keys today. We have you know plenty of opportunities to bring, bring in guests. We're doing this weekly, and there's no doubt he'll be on the radar. And who was the who was the one who asked that? That was Dan Garrett. Okay, Dan, um, if you follow at MCWCast 2021, uh, actually a piece of media came out. It was our Throwback Thursday or maybe Flashback Friday. It was a, a photo of Drolix being after he won the 2016 Wrestler of the Year. And we asked the fans, like, if Drolix were on, what were the types of things that you would ask or you would want us to ask? So, Dan Garrett, I want to throw it right back into your court, buddy. When we do eventually have Drolix on here, what would you like us to ask him? Hashtag ask MCW cast. Let us know. Perfect. Thank you. Well said, Larry. Thank you. Any more? Um, that's it. Okay. Cool. Well, you know, I was going to say before I, before we got to, uh, sorry, before we got to that last question, I was going to say, I know that you've been um, solidly in Napalm's corner. I remember, I mean, 10 years ago when we were doing the Urban Wrestling Federation, when you were a producer for that. Yeah. He wasn't even on the show and you just... You were like, come, come with, come with me. You know, yeah. I want everyone to see you. Yeah. We were in the Hammerstein Ballroom. You wanted him to be in the place to be for any potential opportunity. So, I'd love to see Napalm Marcellus back. Yeah, he's a good guy. I just personally, I really think. I mean, sometimes it's about, you know, from a promoter, and, and obviously, it's just about getting seen um, mm-hmm. and getting that opportunity to, to be seen um, right. in order to get an opportunity to perform. And I just, to me, Napalm and Solo always together, I just saw money. Yeah. You know, I just thought they looked awesome. And it's not, that's not like both of them great attitudes, I think. But as a team to get two of the guys together like that, they have to be solely focused on and committed. You know, a, a great example of um, that was last week we were talking to Kevin Eck and how we just threw Eric Chapel and Dirty Money together. Mm, yes. And they just kind of, they just all jumped in mm-hmm. and ran with it. Mm-hmm. They ended up getting over and becoming a, a, a really over unit in yes. MCW because they all dove headfirst in and they all committed. Mm-hmm. And personally, I just don't think Napalm and Solo ever really fully committed. Yeah. When we put them together as a team. And that's not bashing. I think they were both doing their singles thing mm-hmm. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I Just just me. You know, again, yeah. and it's one person's opinion and booking and all that. It's always one person's opinion. But I still think, you know, if given the, again, what kind of sucks now with the world shutting down and companies aren't signing as much, it's hard to get out there and create that buzz. Mm-hmm. I just think that they look, I think they were money together. And I just, I, I just, to me, I saw them and they, 
you know, it, to me, they jumped off the page. And I, you know, I, I still think it, they, I still think they could have an opportunity, you know, but you people, both people, it's, it's tougher with tag teams because you got to get yeah. two, two, you got to get two different people on the same exact page and get them a hundred percent committed to like a partnership. It's like a marriage and a relationship. Remember Joey yeah. and Christian, Joey and Christian. Yeah. Prime example, you know? Right. So yeah, that's, 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 um, you know, I've always liked both of them, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, back, back, back then, I can't believe that was 10 years ago. Yeah, man. That urban wrestling that urban federation. Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Men, Napalm and Solo. There's two guys. Maybe we'll get them on the cast one time and talk about that. Hey, maybe we can get all of the former Black Wall Street. Yeah. They mentioned Amber Rodriguez. You know, I, I was right. always a big fan of the paper man, Chuck Lennox. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't mind having all of them in, in the room with us. Hey, we got them. We got Black Wall Street hanging up on the wall in the in the studio. That's right, because they're part of the MCW Pro Legacy. And you know what? I think episode four is about to be in the books, but did we want to do our kind of taking it on home like uh ref becky would send us sure. take it on home sure we got a couple topics we want to talk about yes indeed i'll th- i'll throw the first one out there how about the the new next big thing uh parker i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it uh correctly boudreau boudreau yes yes so um i saw that that's been going around um so he signed yeah he but, is signed so signed. He, I, like Again, I've seen this all over online, social media the last couple of weeks. Am I out of touch to ask, who is he? I don't even know who he is. Then you're not out of touch. But, he, but, he, but I saw like it said like Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman crowned him or christened him the next Brock Lesnar. Well, I think that it was true. Like, I don't even know who the guy is. I don't want to see him, at, you know. I mean, I think, I, I, uh, again, I hate to not speak intelligently or have all the facts, but I believe it was like a kind of a thing that started on social media. This He's the next big thing. I think he refers to himself as the next big thing. And um, yeah, the Royal Rumble, at Royal Rumble Sunday, um, Eva Marie, and he took a photo together teasing that he was going to da- he was going to come out in the Rumble. I don't think he was signed at this point. But Eva Marie, former WWE diva, was with him on Royal Rumble Sunday they took a photo to kind of tease, like, is it time for me to come out and enter the Rumble and make a big debut? And wh- how would that have gone over if he came when a lot of people were thinking maybe Brock would be there? Right. Well, you know? it's interesting that a guy it, that none of us are really familiar with has generated this kind of buzz without actually seeing him in the ring. You know? Yeah. Without- What's his background? Well, with a name like that, he sounds French-Canadian uh, or um, French. Uh, he's a football player, I believe. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, something. Yeah, uh, he's a football player, and he does bear striking resemblance to Brock Lesnar. So, best of luck to you. I'm, I'm interested. Which to can s- either be good or bad in the wrestling business. It's kind of like the second generation Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know? Sometimes that can be like a plus, or it can really be a minus. Well, it sounds know? like he's running with it if he's calling himself the next yeah. big thing, and Paul Lee's kind of... You know, co-signing them. So, mm-hmm. speaking of big things, um, what do you think, uh, Edge and Roman Reigns? Do you think that's going to be the match we see at WrestleMania? I think that looks like to me when you just that. Uh, I, I think main main event WrestleMania. Well, know? what would be the other option? It would be Edge versus. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on who the red champion is right now. I know Roman is the blue champion. The red champion is anybody. Bueller, ah, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I'm Drew so McIntyre, I apologize. Yeah. I apologize, Drew. Um, these belts and all of the stuff we cover. 
I would rather see Roman Reigns versus Edge. Yeah, um, that would be to the me, match. That's a that's a main event caliber match. I agree. It's a main event, and I'm I I just I would love to see. I wish I, I I would love to see the crowds again because I'm really interested in seeing how the fans take to this version of Roman Reigns. Yes, indeed, we you talked know, about that because they, they kind of they 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 gave him such a hard time um, for so long. Right. Uh, I feel undeservingly, you know, because he, well, you know, they were they they were treating him because he was put in the you know Christian is the guy by mm-hmm. by the machine and. Um, so, but I, I really love to see. I mean, I wish the heel turn would have been in front of a live crowd. We all do, Dan. Um, we you all know? do. Yeah. But I'd love to see this version of him. Yeah, me too. Um, how about? Um, it looks like another topic since we're taking it on home. Doors are slowly being opened for companies like AEW, New Japan, Impact. Uh, we're seeing the fans kind of trickle in to some of these venues. I imagine they're all in Florida. Because Florida's the one, yeah, you know, that has the most... migrating to Florida. Right. Which, I mean, so this leads us to another question. Do you think Florida's going to be the new promised land for for pro wrestling going into coming out of this entire global gimmick? Or it could just kind of cause burnout, where, like, it gets burnt out. Oversaturated. Yeah, true, true. I think that kind of happened a lot in Jersey, New Jersey, with independence. Good call out. um, You know, years ago, remember when... um, the governor deregulated professional wrestling. Uh-huh. And you saw a lot of indie groups flock and every it just started running, you know, and I, I you know, the the last couple of years, like it kind of burnt New Jersey out. Yeah, one too many. Yeah. You and know? It was like no athletic commission and all these surrounding states like Pennsylvania, New York, Maryland. Mm-hmm. There was commissions with strict rules, expensive to run. Um so yeah. maybe same type of thing as we come out of this. You know, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it could end up burning it out. Absolutely. I want to ask both of you, did you uh, happen to, after the Rumble, catch the Yokozuna special? I did not. I, I, Sarah, I also did not catch it, but <laughs> a lot of the times, because I'm so on social media trying to plug my show, trying to plug this show, I get the news, but kind of like in mm-hmm. short burst. So I definitely saw all of everyone else enjoying it and shouting out, MCW Pro as appearing in the documentary. So, so. so what yeah. I what I was gonna say to answer that is what how I heard about it was probably about a half dozen people messaged me and said, "Hey, that's great to hear. you see you're working with WWE and stuff like that." And they got your um, you know, the MCW show footage, thinking that there was some agreement. But my response is like, no, <laughs> no. no agreement. Um, it is and like I, on our public YouTube channel. Yeah, but. well, uh, it's interesting because, man, the WWE attorneys are f- absolutely, they <laughs> will jump at, you know, reaching out to you if you have a picture or something on a flyer. That's right. Yeah. Um, that, you, that they use, you know, you've used without permission and, hey, take that photo down. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I did not um, have any, any uh, agreement with WWE, so I guess they just grabbed that footage offline and, and used it in their documentary. I so. also got several uh, messages while it was airing. I actually had paused it. Um, I was watching it with my son and uh, went to put him to bed, and I paused it. And when I came back, I had like 10 messages as well. Oh, my God, RJ's on the WWE Network. And I said, what? And there, the match that we just showed there, the other person appearing is a very young, um, short-haired RJ Meyer, the bruiser, uh, tag-teaming there with Yokozuna. And uh, so very eagle, 
eyed fans spotted that right off the bat. And now they only showed, we're, we have the full match um, up on our YouTube channel, of course, but they only showed like a short, maybe three, five second clip in the Yokozuna special, but people spotted him and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But in, um, in saying that, since we're bringing up the topic of Yokozuna, he came in for that show as a surprise and, and uh, Tom Casati. Hey bro. Hey bro. Um, who brought him in? Uh, and he and we had a show the following weekend down the Eastern Shore. And Tom, um, Tom said, "Hey, we're just going to stay for the week in Baltimore." And Tom took care of the hotel for him and, and Yoko. And uh, so I got to spend a lot of time with him because we kind of hung out at the hotel and uh, for the week. And man, what! Uh, a gentle giant and amazing guy was. I'm grateful for that time. Yeah. He came down Bone Breakers. I remember the pictures. The time. Yep. We yeah. had, um, Bone Breakers and, um, to, and, and did training mm-hmm. and taught school and just, um, we, you know, he was a main top guy coming off WWE. And he, he was a guy that even as a wrestling fan and being in the business, like I'd watch him having matches on Raw and, and just like cringe, like, man, this guy's scary, mm-hmm. you know, but, he couldn't have been farther from that right. guy in real life. You know, I got to spend a whole week with him. We pretty much hung out every day, um, got together, you know, did dinner at night. He'd come to the school. We hung out that whole week, really, like in between the Michael's 8th Avenue show and our shows down on the Eastern Shore. And uh, what a what a great person, man. Yeah. He was just a great, a great human being. Yeah, I missed that. That's what everyone said in the the documentary. I mean, it was great. It was riveting. It was, I haven't watched all the other Icon ones. Um, I usually watch pay-per-view and go to bed. Um, But this one, I was riveted. I couldn't stop watching. Yeah, the the funniest thing that that I remember, me and Earl the Pearl would joke about it all the time. He loved Sunkiss. So he would send us, he'd like go, you know, like go to the, I mean, he was a large dude, but everything like, just big boned and yeah, everything. Just yeah. a large guy. We're just around him and you're like, man, this guy's just a large person. And uh he would say, like, hey, go to the soda machine and get me like 15 or 20 sun kiss. Like we'd pretty much buy a case yeah. of soda out yeah. of the in the hotel. But the most amazing thing was his hands and wrists and everything were so big that when he would drink a can of soda, it it, it looked the can looked so tiny. And me and Earl the Pearl, we'd be like looking at each other, like, look, because we're like, <laughs> it was like a shot glass. Yeah. Like the can of oh, yeah. was like a shot glass. And it was, yeah, it was just so massive. Just everything yeah. about him was so big mm-hmm. that he just, he made a little, he made a sun can look like a little like shot, a shot glass. Like a shot glass, yeah. You know, and then be done with it. But yeah, what a, he was such a good dude, man. Yes, indeed. Uh, it, a little bit before my time, I think I joined the Bonebreaker School as a as an admin assistant right after he had come and, you know, graced us with his presence. But um, it's great to see the WWE yeah. uh, doing something like this in memory and honor. Yeah, and it's a surprise, you uh, know, that, that they used our footage and put it on there. Yeah. That was his first indie back, I think, right after mm-hmm. that he did a surprise on. So Maybe you should send a telegram to your cousin Jerry McDevitt and ask him, um, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on with this? Yeah. I didn't sign a release for this. <laughs> right. Well, um, uh, um, rest in peace to uh, Yokozuna, Rodney, Anawaii. And also, you know, I hate to send us off with a down note, but we have another RIP, uh, kind of a 
podcast Tim Bell salute to send to uh, the natural Butch Reed. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, the just natural saw that the other day. Yeah, um, yeah. So he uh, passed away, and definitely for definitely paved the way. Because I tell you what, when I talk about um, when I talk about like Yokozuna mm-hmm. being intimidated, I remember Doom. Oh gosh, yeah, and the Steiners, mm-hmm. and I love the Steiners, love the Steiner brothers. So when Doom came around, yeah. And we're just pounding the Steiners into the dirt as a fan watching. I was like, oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, I was intimidated by him as a fan. Like, these guys, you know. Yeah. And it's crazy looking back. They wore the mask. They were already established. Mm-hmm. Ron Simmons. And that was the day pre, like, internet, internet yeah. and sheets and all that stuff. I was a, a not a smart fan. Yeah. Because I wasn't watching Melter or reading Melter and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And. It was like the big, who is it? Who is yeah. Doom, you know? Um, yeah, paved but, the way not only for, for that, uh, that intimidation factor, but also for African-American wrestlers, yeah, for the Bobby Lashleys, right. the Apollo Cruises, the right. Hurt Business. Absolutely. A lot right. of those guys probably... Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Yeah. Probably right. these were some of their first heroes uh, because they right. looked like them, right. you know? So, uh, R.I.P. Yeah, absolutely. Butch Reed. And, and I think we have one more other, one more 10 belt to kind of... Not really a wrestling personality, but an definitely entertainment personality. And, and you know something, Tara? Right before wrestling would come on, or maybe right after wrestling would go off, Saved by the Bell would a lot of the times be a part of the Saturday morning routine. Right. So, as much as Hulk Hogan and Hacksaw Jim Duggan mm-hmm. were on my TV growing up, so R.I.P. Screech, yeah, Screech, Dustin Diamond, who uh, tragically passed away at forty-four, mm-hmm. um, same age as R.J. Coincidentally. And what did he have? He had lung cancer, lung cancer, but it had started in his spine, apparently, and then I guess over the summer, he had a lump on his throat, but didn't want to go to the doctors or something, and then by the time he went, he was so sick, and right. it's very fast. I mean, when it takes over your whole body, that's that's what happened, you know, as well with Bruiser. And, right. You know, yeah, we kind of saw that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, yep, unfortunately, through RJ once. Thank yep. you to Screech for entertaining us for all those years. Yeah, shout out Screech, shout out uh, The Natural Betrayed, and... R.I.P. Yokozuna. And shout out to all the fans of the MCW cast. Yeah, we don't want to leave on a down note. Yeah. That have gotten us through through episode four. That's right. And on to episode five. On to episode five. Yeah, next Tuesday at eight, you know where to find us. And if you have a suggestion for who you'd like to see in studio, you know, ask ask MCW cast and we'll see what we can make happen, all right? We want to hear from you. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. And girls. And girls. And girls. That's right. Equal opportunity. Watch hundreds of hours of MCW Pro Wrestling action at MCWRageTV.com. That's MCWRageTV.com.